0: Hi everyone, my name is Christian and welcome to my podcast, The Game Is Gone. You might be wondering about the name. I've lost count of the amount of times I've heard somebody on site saying, get out while you can, or that the game is gone. Well, I'm looking to promote the industry in a positive light and speak to various guests who are passionate about their trade. I want to give people the platform to tell their story and discuss how the industry can improve, hopefully with a few funny stories along the way. I'd like to discuss how mental health can impact our working lives with the aim to help rid some of the stigma that exists. I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. I think there's definitely a space for this podcast, but I'm just currently working out what that's going to look and sound like. Welcome to The Game Is Gone, and I hope you enjoy listening. Yes, lads. Thank you very much for coming on my first episode of the podcast, The Game Is Gone. Uh, How are you both?
1: Yeah, all right, Christian, how are you? I'm good.
0: Yeah, yeah good, good. good, good. How's everything going?
1: Same old, same old. Nothing changes, man.
0: But, uh, yeah, all right, then. So if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself, we'll start with you, Alex, and, and how you got into welding would be good.
1: Uh, yeah, Alex, Um, from Port uh, 34 years of age now. Got into welding when I was about 17. Uh, yeah, my father got me an apprenticeship when we was down, down in the steelworks. I uh, served my time with a company called Do some Bobcocks, uh, which is probably one, one of the well, one of the better apprenticeships out there that you can get. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really interesting um, and from there on, and I got into an inspection game.
2: Yeah, what about you, James? Yeah, so I've been welding since I was about 14 years of age. Um, started off with my father. It was a good start, really, because got me interested in welding in general. Um, and then that resulted in an apprenticeship starting at 16. Um, I'd done my time with a small firm in Pyle and Bridgend. Um I was with them for about four years doing mainly structural and pipe work. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a good start, really, to, to sort of a bit of a kickstart, really, into, uh, you know, a long, well, hopefully a long career in uh, inspection. In now now we've moved on from welding.
0: Yeah, so you both kind of got in through family then, because, you know, it's not really pushed in schools, is it, apprenticeships? It's not something they say, do you want to be a welder? <clears throat> it's always, do you want to go to university? And they know it's kind of pushing towards trades, do they?
1: No, absolutely not. Well, I, I went to college first. I done a year in uh, Neath in College. to sat down in wasn't for me. I wanted to get out of there. really didn't know where I was going uh, until my dad said, look, you know, Get your right screwed on if you want an apprenticeship and learn a proper trade. Um, well, well, with the potential to earn good money for the rest of your life, then you just got You know, you need to get onto this apprenticeship, only. and that's what I did then.
2: Huh? So,
1: yeah, yeah, obviously
0: you good. you have to stick on the low money for a few years, but you know, once you actually go through the process of the apprenticeship. Go through the college, and you know the low money for a couple of years. Obviously, it's well worth it in the end, isn't it? And I feel like that's something that schools could help push forward, especially now with all the work coming up in the UK.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, you're not you're not going to go far wrong if you've got a trade behind you, especially with the the way the industry is. I would like to say booming at the moment. Everybody's got a bit of everything going on. A lot of small factories and small fab shops. they got a lot of work. Um, obviously, Inky Point is kicking off. well is kicking off. Yeah, the industry is looking good. So now is now is the time for youngsters to get into the trade.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, youngsters, well, they should, should be reminded of the fact that um, taking an apprenticeship is... I'm not going to necessarily say it's better than uh, going to university, but obviously people that do take an apprenticeship are obviously earning while progressing their skills on the job. So I think people got to realize that obviously they're not going to be leaving school with with big debts by taking an apprenticeship also, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely something to consider when you, um, you know, when you look at going into an apprenticeship for sure.
0: The thing is you can potentially leave an apprenticeship, say, at 21, 22. You know, you can be earning a tradesman wage as long as you're working in the right place or, you know, as long as you've done a good enough apprenticeship. Um, mm-hmm. And as you said, you leave with zero debts, you know, pay a max student finance for the next 10, 20 years or whatever. So look, it's yeah. a, it's a good route to go down, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So,
0: so as much as people kind of slag her off, I would say, you know, uh, the, well, the game's gone, which is the name of the podcast, or, you <laughs> yeah. know, I'd, I'd rather stack shelves in Tesco than, than work for that rate, but... You know, I think the tide is turning now. We don't, you know, you don't have to work for low wages. Like If you leave a job today, you could probably move into a job the next day, you know. There's lots of opportunity out there, isn't there?
1: And there's still a lot of companies out there that uh, try to pay you pension, not pay the, the property at the rates and for well, the tradesmen. You know, you, yeah, see, but... yeah, you, see, you see a lot of jobs which are, you know, like you say, is better off pushing trolleys and Tesco's and going out yeah, your way yeah. and, uh, you know, performing a skill. And potentially making the, the 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 company a lot of money with your skills. So yeah, the the money is is there, and it isn't there. If you if you chase the money, then you will get the money. If you're just local in a little fab shop, then yeah, I could imagine the money wouldn't be so great. and
2: Yeah, but you've got to look. Also, that a lot of companies will do that. You know what I mean? The there's a lot of companies out there that will pay any pinch, and they don't value sometimes the sort of Level of skill they got, and that's why a lot of companies have such a high turnover rate than men because you know as well as I do, not many people are going to stay for you know a rubbish rate these days because there's so much work about, there's so much demand.
0: the issue is when you see these same companies advertising for the same roles over and over and over then either the rate is wrong or or they're not a good company to work for because if they're having men coming in and out of the door all the time then they're not treating the men right or they're not paying enough because otherwise you wouldn't have such a high turnover would you
1: it it should be a set limit for a rate for for a qualified tradesman in this you know pipefitters rig as well as there should be a set amount for fab shops for site work for nuclear work for offshore work and, you know, then there's no partners in, is it? You know what you're getting into then, and you know, you know that the shop, fab shop down the road is going to be on the same money as you.
2: I was going to say, it's sort of similar there. To the, you know, like the Blue Book rate, for example, you know, like that's a set rate. Say, for example, i sake, say like the Steelworks. You know, that is a set rate across, you know, pretty much all of the companies that, that I'm aware of. You know what I mean? Mm. That, that is like a, a minimum sort of, you know, rate that you're going to earn, which, like you just said, uh, that should be, like, rolled out across every fab shop and you know you should have a minimum earning for your skill yeah no definitely it depends on which
1: environment you're working in if you're like in a nice little fab shop then yeah you'd be a little bit less money than if you are out on site then the money because obviously on site it's not perfect you can't turn a boiler upside down no it
0: it kind of works two ways doesn't it because also the blue book as, as you know it's good it has good points about it where you get travel you get digs But the rate isn't high enough, I would say, because Uh, then the rate is designed to keep you working long hours and to keep you working weekends, because that's what they want you. They want you in working. If you just want to work a a general sort of 40-hour week, you know, it's not great. It's not great money, really, is it? And it it pushes you Uh, to work more hours and to need to work those hours, which isn't good for a life, family life balance. Then you,
1: you should you should be earning, you know, maximum potential for minimum hours, really. Yeah, of
0: course, you know, nobody wants to be living in work, but that's, you know, you find yourself living in work and you find yourself working seven days and, and everything, but, you know, that's quite normal in the industry, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it
1: it
2: is in this game, definitely. It's
0: yeah, an expectation
2: okay, of most companies, isn't it, to work them hours yeah. as well also, you know?
0: And then it's kind of that, sort of, they have this, well, if you're not going to work, you won't get asked next time, you know? Well, that's not yeah. always a fair way to look at things because we all have lives outside of work, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah you've got to find that balance, don't you know what
0: 100%. OK, Alex, so tell us a little bit more about your apprenticeship. How was that with doing some...
1: Uh Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, you know, at a young age. Got sent to, um to a, well, they got a training facility in Tipton in Birmingham. So it was a couple of weeks spent there at the time, and then a couple of weeks uh, at a college in Leeds. There was a lot of boys with my, you know, same, same similar age to me, 18, 17-year-olds who were in the same boat as me. It was pretty tough, you know, getting up and go. And leaving your family, leaving your, your your girlfriend, your kids. But, you know, the rewards are worth it at the end. Like, and everybody that was on the apprenticeship was in the same boat as me. So it made it that little bit better. And, you know, so, yeah, it was, it was, uh, well, it was interesting. It was an eye-opener. And I think it got me to where I am today, really. Like, I don't feel shy away if I got to work away from home. I will, you know, up and go and work anywhere I needed to be, anywhere in the world
0: preparation for you, really, isn't it? Moving away at quite a young age. But it must have been quite a difficult decision to move away at that age as well, because you're still quite young then, you know?
1: Yeah, I was 17. Uh, I think, well, my girlfriend at the time, she was pregnant, so I had a child on the way when I was 18. It, <laughs> it was tough, but that's all I could think about is, you know, at the end I'm going to get a trade out of this and I'm going to be potentially earning good money for the rest of my life and i would be able to support my family. So, yeah, it was, it was difficult. But I have to do it.
0: Yeah, so what what about you, James? I know you said you, you did your apprenticeship in a smaller firm. And um, what you know, what about college? How did that work? Um was that sort of yeah, so did you do a city and girls and a, an NVQ? Is that what you did?
2: Yeah, so i done a city and girls, I'd done a, a national diploma. Um yeah. I was on day release for for four years really. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoyed it to be honest with you. I mean it's quite tough when you're young, as you know yourself. When you're like 16 and 17, the last thing you want to be doing is going to college and bloody really messing about with work, etc. But I suppose you have just got to apply yourself and, and and use your head. And like Alex said, you have got to think of the end goal. Um, it makes
1: you lucky... grow up, doesn't I? Oh, I it? Oh, It makes you grow
2: up really quick. Like I was lucky that the guys I was working with when I done my apprenticeship were all very experienced blokes. Um, a lot of them are ex barbies. Um, well, there's um, I mean, the platers we had were excellent, pipe fitters. I mean, they were all, you know, by even today's standards, they were excellent tradesmen. You know what I mean? So even though I'd done my time in the small firm, I still had a, a you know, a decent start off. Um, not as recognized as obviously Alex's apprenticeship, because he'd done his apprenticeship with probably one of the best firms in the country. for um. Yeah, the same takes, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, the end goal is definitely the same. And it, I mean, that just goes to show the contrast between, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to do your um, apprenticeship with such a recognised firm, really, doesn't it? I mean, no. the, end, the end goal is still, like you say, is the same. I mean, we, we're both, you know, pretty much on the same sort of path, really. We? So, yeah.
0: Also, it's um, kind of, in those little plant shops, it's the time that people spend with you. You know, the old welder in the corner who will spend a few hours with you and show you you know, how to put a route in and, you know, a different well that over the other side of the shop will show you how to put a route in a different way. And then you kind of mm-hmm. find your own path then, don't you? You find out what works for you and, 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 and how is best for you, really.
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, you learn a lot of skills from the older people. And I think that's, that's a key to success, really, because, you know, even like when you go to college and, you know you go to like these training schools and stuff there's only so much they can actually show you you've got to actually if you're learning from experience blocks have been in the game for like 30 40 years it makes a hell of a difference you know what i mean hell of a difference
0: also right you know all the time in the world in college when the training school doesn't prepare you for the real world Is you know once you go out and start you know once you start doing sort of welding butts so on site and in different positions so you know how did you transition Alex from an apprentice to full time you know did you did you stay on with Barbies, or uh,
1: no, I finished my time I think I did a three year apprenticeship with Bob Cox um yeah. at the time then uh, you know the the first recession hit I think it was back in two thousand and nine So, was yeah. wow. it two thousand eight two thousand yeah, yeah. and nine uh know. at the time a lot of people got laid off uh, even with to some Bob Cox well, as soon as I come out to my apprenticeship I got laid off I didn't Take too long to find my next job, but it 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 was different from what I was used to. It was in a fab shop. Uh, it was a lot of different exotic metals that I you know never welded before, and it was it was something I had to learn again. And basically, because each material is different to weld, you know, it was a different technique for every little bit. Like, but you know, it was all it was all experience gained. And you know, I went from a fab shop, went to out on site, went to work in Cardiff from the docks. <clears throat> I just gained little experiences in different industries yeah. and you know along the way didn't you go offshore for a while as well or sorry did you go offshore for a while did you do a of offshore? Uh, yeah i think back in 2014 is I something remember. i just wanted I to try something i wanted to get into really yeah. you know tried it, it wasn't for me it was, it was too far too far away long although you get the nice breaks every two weeks yeah. But it, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was a ridiculous travel trying to go from South Wales all the way to Aberdeen up in Scotland. <laughs> a, you know, it's a yeah. 10, 11 tra- hour trek, Like, yeah. right. so it, it wasn't for me. Like, but I tried I to go, and that was Look, every,
0: every experience along the way helps you sort of prepare yeah. for where you end up, doesn't it? You know where it is, as you say... Well, it was because of there.
1: offshore. It was because of offshore. I got into the inspection game because yeah. I met a gentleman there who's my inspector on the rig. And we got yeah. talking obviously and he gave me some tips and you know, asking asking me which way you are he was pointing me in the right direction in the direction that I wanted to go then. yeah, uh, yeah we got talking about the C sweep and, and
2: I as soon as I finished the offshore, I, uh, I went and done my C then.
0: And... Well good James, what about you? You know, what happened after you completed your apprenticeship?
2: Yeah, so the the firm I done my time with, I I ended up staying on with them for another four years. Um and then unfortunately the, the uh, into liquidation back in 2014. So then, obviously, I left there, and pretty much as soon as Alex moved around different places for for the next few years, um, worked in quite a few fab shops, building mini stuff for off, uh, offshore oil and gas. Um, done a lot of um, like super heaters, heat exchangers for like power generation, etc. Um, yeah, so. It was about I think about three or four years ago now. It was one of the first times I met Alex actually. Um I was quite interested in doing the sea trip. Um, I was interested in sort of inspection side of things and I remember Alex chirping on to me all the time to uh, sort of
1: <laughs> nah,
2: sort myself know. out and uh and that it and fair. At the time it was obviously quite a lot of money. It was, you know, you're talking to, like need two grand really you know to, to sort of book the course and obviously being self-funded I was a bit uh hesitant at first obviously because if you fail it it's a, it's a lot of money to throw away but um yeah well it massive. it's massive it's played a massive part in my life now obviously because I've obviously come off the tools you now and i been on the inspection you know, for about two years two and a half years so it's you know it's definitely progressed my career um you know, just a small little thing like that can make such a massive difference. You yeah. don't think of it at the time, and you don't think you're going to use it necessarily, you know, when you pass initially. But yeah. you know, it does come into play later on for sure.
0: The thing is, it's the natural regression for a welder as well. You know, if you if you don't want to be on the tools, you kind of. Your options are inspection, or you can kind of go into the supervisory role, but you have to be a certain type of person to be a supervisor. You know, I, I don't think either of you guys would have made good, great supervisors. <laughs> I, no,
1: I just think you have
0: to be a certain type of person, you know, whereas we would always have a laugh and a joke and, you know, have a good time. You have to be more serious. Well, I suppose you have to be serious to be, an inspector as well, which is something you pick up over time, isn't it? It's, it's a lot different to being on the tools and,
2: I'm oh, yeah, a definitely. joke,
0: you know, building people's boots to the floor and, and all that type of thing. You know? <laughs> Just your hand of food, and you come back and your boots are tied together or chucked over something, and you're like, oh, not again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely a lot more professionalism that comes with inspections, for sure. Yeah, you?
0: that takes that takes a bit of getting used to, you know. With, that... <laughs> it, it took me a couple of, couple of months to get used to. Uh, but, yeah, so tell me a little bit about the Swedish script then, you know, how, how that came about. I know you said you spoke to the guy, but did you self-fund that then?
1: Yeah, so as soon as I finished my time off on the rig, I filled out all my paperwork. I, I wasn't, you know, it was something I really wanted to do. So I, I did go out and self-funded it myself. But like James said, it's, more, you know, it's nearly, nearly £2,000 and it's a lot of money out of your pocket. I did fail it the first time. By a, by a mark which I was a bit gutted but you know you've you just got to push on and a little bit more and then I passed through my second time and, and uh, well pretty much all the courses I've sat since then I've paid for myself and the way I see it, like it is uh, it's investing in yourself and better in yourself I don't mind if a company wants to pay for my courses but No of course it's look if
0: if, if if you want to get on and you want to do a bit alright say it's £2,000 and you take a week off work and you have to go up but look, it's worth it in the end, isn't it? If yeah. that's your end goal, you know, putting money into yourself is always, always good because you'll have people who sit there in the same job and say, oh, yeah, the company going to pay for my 3.1 in 12 months, you know, and then 12 months down the line, they said, I'm paid for it, you know? Yeah. But sometimes yeah. you've got to just get up and, and do things yourself. Yeah, and you
1: get know? it yourself, yeah. It's, it's the only way you're going to get it. they're
0: guaranteed to get it, isn't it? Yeah, I what think... about PCN calls? Have you lads done any PCN calls?
1: Um, yeah, after I done my c swap, I went and uh, sat my MPI. A few months after that, I went for the DPI. And just recently, myself and James, we uh, went up to Sheffield and done uh, the Radon Turpin. So yeah, we got a couple of qualifications behind us now. I think I'll be the end of it, mind, that these PCNs in the right man. So yeah, no more PCNs. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I don't I think that's one thing that people don't anticipate like with these courses. They take a lot of commitment, and you know, always with regards to the re- revision and you know, what you actually gotta learn for for the course yourself and you know, it, it's it's not an easy sort of don't be fooled into thinking that you're only doing a dye pen or an MPI or or even a Rad and for example, because these courses are not easy to pass at all. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot there's a lot of pressure when you go to do the course as well. So, uh, not trying to turn people off, obviously, but I'm just trying to highlight the fact TVL, that if yeah. you're going to buck a course like a C-SWIP or even a dye pen or an MPI, you know, they're tough courses and you, you've got to put the hours in to to revise for them. Oh, exactly, wow. especially if
0: you're self-employed, you know, you have to take a week off work, you have to pay for a week in a hotel. Or, like, I was lucky when I did my C's, I was self-funded as well, but they do it in Port Albert, so I, I travelled down to Port Albert and stayed with my mother for a week, so it <laughs> saved, me, saved me a couple of hundred pounds on a on a hotel. But when I did my I did my DPI as well, I did it up in Cambridge, you know, I had to self-funded that, so I had to pay for one night in a hotel and everything else. You know, it's not cheap, is it, when you add everything up?
1: It's not cheap no, it's and it's not... not easy, and you got to put the effort in,
0: hundred percent. definitely. But look, um, so obviously you boys are both on Hinkley Point at the moment. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. How's that, How's it going?
1: Nice. It's a massive, massive project. It's one of the biggest projects in Europe. It's a busy old place. Plenty, uh, with well, with a lot of different nationalities on the job. <coughs> yeah. It's a bit of a pain in the ass to get to. Oh, so uh, the traveling and out is it on the buses? Traveling and out on the buses. Uh, you you can stay on the Hinkley campus, which is right next door to the site, but there, yeah. there's nothing around there. You know, there's no shops or town centres. Yeah. You're literally confined to your work there. At least outside yeah. of the Hinkley, then you got your little, uh, you know, the B&Bs, the hotels, your, your campuses, and. But then you've got to get a bus in every day and it's uh, you know, it's more or less a forty minute bus ride every morning and forty minutes bus ride on the way back
2: to it, yes. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I mean it's uh every day's a school day, I think there's uh, there's so much going on there at the moment. Um but since I've started there, within the last nine, ten months, it's getting so busy and now there's so many different scopes of work on the go. Um obviously they're going well they've started now the mechanical stage slowly. Mm. So that's obviously uh, causing a bit of a stir on site. There's a lot of activities going on um, in such a small space. So, yeah, it's a, it's a daily challenge. Like Alex said, get, just getting to work can be a challenge, you know what I mean? But, once you're, yeah, what you're there, some... but once yeah, you're there. It's yeah. an
1: interesting job, don't get me wrong. And it is, a, you know, it's a huge, huge project, like one of the biggest projects. But yeah, every day's a challenge, isn't it?
0: Mm to have the variety of work though isn't it you know on such like a big type like that it's not like when you're in a workshop and every day is a grind welding the same thing or you know if you oh, have a yeah. bit of variety you're walking about site you're meeting different people kind of great then isn't
2: it oh, it's definitely interesting from that perspective i mean it, you know it gives you an opportunity to meet new people and and learn new things because like i say that there's a lot of things that happen on site there i mean well as Alex probably tell you, 15 years, 18 years in, in the welding game. I've never seen some of the things that you know, are being built down there, for example. You know what I mean? There's a lot of complex structures and tanks and pipework, etc. So it's, it's definitely interesting, that's for sure. It's, no job's the same job, that's for sure.
0: No. no, how are you finding living away from home then, James?
2: To be honest with you, am I don't mind it. I mean... Over the last, I don't know, say 10 years or so, I've, I've done quite a lot of, you know, away jobs here and there. So it sort of set me up really for this. I mean, obviously this is a long-term job when you're away from home for most of the week um, and back on weekends. But, you know, after a couple of weeks you get used to it. I mean, it's, you know, it's no... Can we not so million other job? Really. No, I mean, luckily for us, we're only like an hour away from home, hour and a half away from home from a yeah. driving point of view. But I mean, there's a lot of boys... The work, us for example, that are travelling from like up, right up north Scotland, etc. You know, it's that's a fair old run, um, mm. and I guess for them, for them boys, it can be maybe a lot more of a daunting prospect to be here for you know year, potentially years on end. I guess, um, but each to their own. I mean, I'm I'm happy enough. Here. Yeah, it's it's not exciting as after. well for
1: the
0: for the industry to have such a boom. You know, with this coming up. Um, mm. you know there's lots of other projects coming up as well size well probably within the next well it's only going to help rates all across the board isn't it because people you know unless they start training a lot more apprentices or you know getting more men then they're going to have to up rates or they're going to have to mm-hmm. give well a, a better deal I suppose because you don't always get treated the best well you have to train for every job go in, do your tests and then you know it's not always rewarding enough is it no. I think the money will um, creep
1: up. I it is slowly creeping up, like on site and stuff. boys have had a couple of uh, pay rises since I've been there. Yeah, no, um,
0: that's good. You know, how many trades go in and do a test every time before they start? You know, it's it's, it's a lot of pressure, isn't it? Especially everyone. for especially for young welders and you know people just come out with an apprenticeship or someone who's never been out and tested before. It's a tough one. Well, I tell it, you something you
1: know? now. For a welder to be like on our part of our project on the PTLS. Uh, yeah. if, if you for a welder to, to actually do a weld on site, you'd have to go yeah. to Bridgewater College and do a, uh, like a trade test.
0: He'd yeah.
1: have to do um, a coding when he gets on site, and yeah. then he will have to do um, a mock-up of the job before he starts welding the product itself. So it's three different tests just for a welder to start welding on the job. So for us, yeah, it's a lot harder. I, um, you know, don't yeah, I don't want to be like biased or anything, but I think a welder should be paid a Substantial amount for his skill, like
0: exactly um, what does a player come in and do? Just bash his armor on and make sure he's making <laughs> <awake laughs> enough noise, is probably, it? Probably,
1: <laughs> probably get you know more or less the same money as us. No, look, obviously,
0: obviously, obviously, plating is, is a very good trade as well, you know, especially some of the older blocks. But not everyone is
1: gets to do these trade tests before they get to start on the job. No, that,
0: yeah, look, that's what that's the sort of point I was making as well. I and mean, you know, it's not, it's I not, think, always, it's not easy, is it? No, no I
2: think the. With regards to the rates, they should really, you know, look at the rates to, to to sort of give youngsters the, the incentive to actually want to do an apprenticeship, especially, like I say, with size well and, and jobs like that kicking off. It um, so should definitely be addressed. It should, you know, I think with these projects in the UK, I think especially like pinkley and size well, you know, UK labour should be the first, you know, sort of, thing to be dealt with, like with yeah. regards to, I mean, we should be looking to employ as many British people on these projects first, before we of maybe outsource yeah, foreign labour, and that's not always you know, able to be done, because there's a lot of like you know, shortages of certain skills in this country, where we would have to go and, and, and get trades from abroad, etc, but I think with, obviously, size well and, and sites like that kicking off, I think it's a you know, a perfect opportunity, you know, to sort of, you know, showcase welding and, and inspections and, you know, platers, whatever, industry as, as such, to try and give people some sort of interest to actually get involved with it. No. no, exactly. But then,
0: you know, at the same time, we work with some brilliant welders who've been abroad and I you know from oh, abroad, but, you know, exactly. they, they, need to, they need to push their in schools and colleges and, you know, make it worthwhile mm-hmm. for people to get into the industry. And then, you know, that exactly. will lead people moving on to kind of. Inspection and, and other parts, then you know? But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, def- it's definitely what we need this in this country. Hundred percent. There was one thing that I was going to ask you about. What's the canteen prices like on site? Because about <laughs> the both are there, like every post day uh, there's canteen this and up in the short object at
2: so. the moment. I think it is <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Sort of are, you, are you
0: boys part of the boycott or are you still in there? Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, we haven't bothered. Like,
1: mate, have I might have been in the canteen twice in the past. Well, since before Christmas. So yeah. we tend to bring our own food in now. And the prices just suddenly went up. Everything It's not just the canteen prices, though. it's the prices on the campus, the parking, the food, the food in the shop. Yeah, Is it all, all run the under place.
0: one company or...?
1: I mm-hmm. believe yeah. so. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. It's just blood, so, uh, Nick, giving you money with one hand and taking away with the other, basically.
1: Well, I've been on this project for nearly two and a half years now, and I think the prices on the campus has gone up three times since I've been here. Yet yeah. the wages haven't reflected haven't, that. Then. No, not at all. But also,
0: it's not just you know, there's lots of different people. What about cleaners and things who are working there? They might not be earning as good wages. Some of the mechanical boys, and you know, it's not fair on them, is it?
1: So far and anybody on some side to not be balls, honest, no. yeah, not the, yeah. you know
2: but well, what can you do they they got you by by the balls. I so say so like well what can you actually there, no there is actually things you could do, like I think boycott in the canteen for start, there's you know just the the start, but like you know since before Christmas there where you know, we aren't really bothered with the canteen so much of our team. I, to be honest, I think I'm I'm happier taking food in though, than than actually buying another candy, yeah. especially over the week. Like, you, know, you know what I mean? It's, if you're going in there for something in the morning and something in the afternoon, yeah. it don't take long for that to add up. You know what I mean? No, absolutely not. The prices
1: on coffees, you need a bloody loan to get one. Yeah.
0: You've always been a bit tight anyway,
1: Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Look after the pennies, isn't it?
0: Enough, yeah, but um, no, so <laughs> what about kind of what's your guys' working pattern like at the moment? Are you working sort of five days a week or?
1: Yeah, we just five days a week, uh, 40 hours a week, which is great, beats 7 uh, 12s any day. God, yeah. Yeah, we uh, do work at the occasional weekend as well, um, which is like just a part of a like uh, on the road between our team. Okay. But yeah, the, you know, the hours, you can't really complain, on the hours half day finish on a Friday, which is lovely.
2: There's a lot of guys we work with on our team. Well, I say not necessarily just our team, but across site that do a 10 and 4 rotation. And I think that suits a lot of people better that are coming from further afield, like up north or, you know yeah. what I mean, other parts of the country. Um, you know, when you're travelling for three, four, five, maybe six hours or more, you know, that that, that sort of five-day week is sort of, comes impossible, really, because you're losing a day, yeah. really, the way you and travelling so as yeah. well. I think uh that sort of rotation makes sense for sh- for some people.
0: it's obviously good work life balance then, you know, because so many times when we were all working together, we'd be working seven, twelves, we'd be working nights, you know, five, six weeks straight without a day off and you know, it's exhausting in the end, isn't it? You know, obviously at the yeah. time you just you get on with it, you get down, you weld the butt, you you have a lot, you you know, you kind of it's, it's enjoyable, isn't it? The shutdown, you know, because you all have a lot. So, yeah. so, many, so many characters on site, you know, when you, you always get the boys in and just come in for a week or two and, you know, they got all the stories and
2: they don't really yeah.
0: care because they, they know it's just sort of semi time for them. Yeah. But obviously it does get tiring and it's exhausting after a while.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 712s, who wants to work 712s? You know, he's only doing it for one thing and one thing only, really.
0: Yeah, the wasn't it? That's the only reason yeah. we used to work nights and, you
1: yeah. know. Working stupid hours, like I said, four or five weeks at a time, sometimes, like, no days off, it it absolutely ruin your body, wouldn't it? But yeah, so yeah, obviously probably.
0: just the, the natural progression into inspection, and I found the same. For me, my work-life balance is so much better at the moment. I'm yeah. working 35-hour 30, weeks. You know, I don't really have yeah. to work much more than that. You know, maybe a few hours in the evenings now an and again if we, if we have something
1: on. Right. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot
2: more uh, relaxed, like working in a, an office-based job. Not only that, I think you, you, by doing what we're doing now, I suppose it gives your body a break because you know once you've when, once you've been on the welding for so many years. I mean, like I don't know if you were the same, Marlon, Chris, but when I started, air fed was sort of still quite new on the scene, and I I didn't have an air fed mask for the first five years of welding, and we were welding mm. all sorts mm. of stuff like bloody valve and paint and bloody other. rubbish and I mean I think you know the lenses today are better on your eyes and whatever and whatever so I think like well there's today compared to what we had maybe 10 or 15 years ago in a much better position for the you know physical health for sure like you know and I mean all right, the hours, you've still got to work the hours, I guess, you know, and, and most welders we probably would work 10 and 12 hour shifts still, you know what for the money, obviously, but, uh, you know, I think today, like the, the equipment they've got, you know, is much better um, on their body, for sure, than, than what we maybe had, like, you know, 15, 20 odd years ago, like. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think the AFED coming in was probably the best thing, wasn't it? You know, because you know 100%. such a such a good thing for your health. You shouldn't be breathing those fumes in and, you know, once they made the decision that that was going to be low in the UK, then that's just brilliant for any welder, isn't it?
2: Mm. Well, I like, I think any fab shop or any well, any fab shop should have some sort of L E V, whether that's an mask or you know like a, a portable extraction fan of well, you, you of have that. to have double
0: extraction by law now don't you so you have to have like yeah, a singular yeah. extraction and obviously the, your own welding air as well
2: you'd be, you'd be surprised how many companies are probably not following them rules believe mm-hmm. you know, um i could probably name quite a few off the top yeah. of my idea but you know um you know <laughs> the trouble is policing something like that i guess i mean Obviously, a health and safety department, if you've got a decent health and safety department, they should be keeping on top of things like that. But most companies won't because they won't want to spend the money on um, these things. You know what I mean? So I guess your own health and safety is down to you to an extent. But I think any company that you work for where you're welding, especially exotic stainless steels and, you know, um, if you're using a lot of stick welding or whatever, they, they should supply you with air feds and, you know, the appropriate equipment to go with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, companies
0: have Absolutely. to treat people better. Now, gone are the days where you'd be worried about your job if you didn't work a Saturday morning. Or, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it used to be like that, you know, you'd have the gaffers who'd be yeah. like, yeah, you know, if, if you don't come in, then, you know, maybe you won't be coming in next week. And, you know, some people... Unless you know even... yourself,
1: we've had, had a few times ourselves.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh,
1: you know, yeah. half yeah. the time you just
0: say, jam it, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is, whatever yeah. It is,
1: uh... Cut your nose to spite your face half of the time.
0: You know, the amount the times I've probably said when you boys are am to a jack now, I don't know, or whatever. You know, it's a regular
2: occurrence.
0: I've but, heard them uh,
2: a few times. <laughs>
0: God, I know, among the times I've probably said that over the years. But, but, um, yeah, so you know, what are you guys thinking? What's next for you two? Have you got anything else planned? Anything booked in?
1: Nothing booked as such yet. I think me and James are thinking about doing uh, the 3.2 CESC C- C- mm-hmm. C- swap. Yeah.
2: Definitely no more PCNs. That's. Uh... No, I'm. I just want to add this as well, like Galaxia and with the PCN configurations. Um, for anyone that does potentially do, I don't know MPI, DiPen, etc. passing the course is one thing, but if you're not doing these things regular, you know yeah. you've got to keep your logbooks up to date. And it's the same with the C-SWIP. You know, what I mean, you've got to, you've got to be doing these things, you know. Pretty regular like, to to sort of keep your your hours up or you know get your experience. Yeah, because yeah, for a happy.
0: level two, you need to build the hours, don't you? So it's like I think it's four yeah. months worth of hours, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because like. You know, like with the course of me and Alex have done just recently the, the riding tour. but I think the yeah, hours are something like a thousand hours already, you know, yeah, thereabouts. Thousand, yeah, 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 980, a thousand hours. yeah. Uh, like, we, we're really it? lucky. We we do a lot of graph review where we are, you know what I mean? And there's so much X raying and going on on site. There's just so much uh, potential to to keep our logbooks up to date, that's great, you know what I mean, from that point Yeah, so
0: here. tell me a little bit about the Rad Interp. How was that? Was it difficult? I know <laughs> uh, it's a tough It's tough.
1: It's, it's tough. You've got to put the effort in on that one. Okay. Uh, well, me and James, well, I don't know about James, but myself, I walked in there thinking, the theory is the one I was going to concentrate more on. Yeah. But then when you're actually there doing the theory and the practical... I think on the day, it was the practical, which is more harder than the theory. That really, think, really trained me in the end. He's looking I at think that for like six hours.
2: Yeah, but that's a lot to do with the time constraints they give you to actually mm. review a graph. I mean, you're you, you looking at 15 minutes to review a graph, and that's included in doing the report as well, which is, you know, when you're you know, under pressure and you, you, know, mm. you sort of flick into a graph in 15 minutes and trying to draw out every defect, it can be really really high pressure you know what I mean it's just oh, it's very difficult very difficult it was destroyed
1: at the end of our course let's be honest when we on the
2: yeah, way yeah, up I was, I was,
1: <laughs> it, it, it was yeah, mentally hard. mentally draining
0: when did you do that was it up at Lavender's or
1: the Lavender's yeah. we went up to Lavender's for yeah. a week well, it Was
0: it a week how, 10 days I think how was that was it, was it alright or uh, it was yeah,
1: I think right. we had a bad week I think I yeah. think because uh we had our lecturer, if I remember correctly, it was a, a guy who was meant to take us, but he was off with COVID. Then mm-hmm. another lecturer was like doing a level three or something. So he was unavailable or she, and then we had like uh, just a, like a couple of tips swapping back and forth all the time. So it wasn't really ideal. It didn't feel
2: like,
1: yeah, it didn't, it didn't feel like, like I was getting taught, if you know what I mean.
2: So there was a lot of questions. I tried to cut in now, but there was a lot yeah. of questions I wanna say that Alex did ask, you know, that they had difficulty answering at some some stages as well. Yeah, well
1: me and me and James, we um before we even went on our rad course we spent a lot of time like an hour a night and every night back to the campus, yeah. we get our books out, uh, we have a bit of tea first and then into one of the meeting rooms on the campus and we'd be spending an hour there revising so we put the effort in before we got on the course which helped a lot for that week because it, it was a crap week with lack of uh, lack of tutors in that week so um, yeah it was good that we put the effort in first
2: You'd laugh this right uh, Chris but you'd be surprised how many people on the course have turned up and hadn't done any revision, And I was thinking to myself, fuck, yeah. you're in for a long week. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's I a couldn't lot to do. Learn. That.
0: I'd, I'd be too anxious, you know, I'd be looking at something for a, for a good few months, for weeks, because I, I wouldn't want to fail, you know, I'd be embarrassed to fail, especially if I was funding wouldn't want to be paying to go up there again to do the test, you know?
2: <laughs> I want to say this, right, um, every course I've done up to now, and I probably guess, Alex would probably say, I might put at least months of revisioning for it because mm. when you turn up that week to do the course it, it is intense you know what i mean if you think mm. you're going to turn up there and sit back and just do a couple of questions do a couple of answers and you know you're pa- walking out to the pass you're wrong be- but also
0: a sort of self-funding you know you're not going to want to fail you're not going to want to pay again i suppose some people if their companies are paying they probably don't care but even still if a company was paying for me i wouldn't want to be saying nice. i failed you know
1: no, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. You've got a hanging over your shoulders and over your head.
0: It's like when you dip a bat, isn't it, and you come into sight, and everyone's calling <laughs> a big dipper over, like, no, over and over. I don't yeah, know what that you, is. You've dipped a in my time. I've seen a dip of fear, don't worry.
1: Love me. don't be like that. Um, but...
0: Yeah, so do you, you, you obviously get to do a bit of rad into it once, side. Yeah, because
1: yeah. we we're like in a client's position. Obviously, yeah. the the subcontractors we're looking at on first, all the films, the radiographers we're looking at on first, the, the company called Oceaneer, then yeah. the subcontractor. Then it comes to us if we want to review, and then finally to the client itself then, so we only got to do like a percentage, really.
0: Yeah. But obviously it's a good experience you because even if you've been on a course, you still want that sort of mm. knowledge you not doing, and you want to be keeping up to date, and you yeah. want to be doing it just to make sure that you're keeping on top of it. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Like, like, uh, going back to what we said earlier, though, that, that sort of thing, you, you need to be doing regular because... It's to getting your keeping your hours up to date and, and keeping your logbook yeah. up to date because when you come to uh, do your renewal, etc., you need to have that evidence uh, to prove that you've actually been using the ticket. So it's yeah. definitely something to keep in mind if, if you're gonna do a, a PCN configuration or any NDT and even the C ship, you know, you've gotta keep them them books up to date. So
0: Yeah, so for anyone say listening or watching today, if they were looking to get on an empty point, you know, where, where would you what direction would you point them in?
1: All well, depends what they want to do. Do they want to be a trade, or do they want to be an say, inspector? Say,
0: say, as a welder, now, what, what, you know, what would be your advice to a welder or an inspector looking to get on in? Because there must be people who, you know, sometimes it's daunting when you've just come out of your time and you don't know many people, and you're thinking, well, how do I get on these jobs, and and how do I get there? And then once you're actually on there, then it's, it's easy enough once you start meeting people and making connections, isn't it? Yeah, it's all about
2: your network, definitely, yeah. definitely. And not only that, I think experience as well. You know, you you've got to have a good industry, you know, experience. You have gotta know the basics because you're not gonna be able to jump into a job like Hinkley, for example, if you haven't got any sort of like, you know, a good base of experience previously. I mean because some of the like as Alex will tell you, some of the joints will be well done there, you know, they're quite complex and they're not the sort of thing that you're gonna be able to you wouldn't understand the, the mechanics during the welding of that joint unless you've had some, you know, some experience prior to that. Like you know. Yeah, okay. So
0: obviously they can apply on the on the portal, isn't it? There's a Hinkley Point portal.
1: On the portal, yeah. LinkedIn is a good one, indeed. There's yeah. plenty of jobs being advertised.
0: Obviously LinkedIn's a good one for networking and keeping in touch mm. with voices there. There's always jobs posted and a lot of the time it's who you know as well. You know, if you know someone who's in with one of the companies on there, then it's easier to get us start, isn't it? Because a lot of people take,
1: you know, if, if you're a good tradesman, you'll have no issues in getting a start. You'd have your no. network, you, you know, people, and yeah, you know, it it take one company to to take a gamble on you. Yeah. And then if you've got the skill to do it, and yeah, you, you'd be flying then.
0: Because I've been a companies where they show like, someone's CV comes in and it says on it that they like a. Nasca welder for like whatever, and they can weld this, weld that. They come in and then they can't even weld a two-inch pipe, you know. So a lot of it just comes down to the tech state as well. Believe
1: it? you me, yeah. met a few of them like that as well.
0: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: So it's not a lot. Of, they're not all superstars on this job.
0: No, they can't all be sort of mirror welders and whatever else you see flying about half the time, isn't it? Which always makes me laugh.
2: I think a lot of it, like you could argue. Your last well, is, you know, to you, I guess. So, I mean, if you're always quite, you know, particular about things and, you know, you, you make sure you do a good job on every job you do, I think that goes a long way as well, you know, it, especially if you, you're sort of looking to get recommended by someone you maybe know. You know, if you've always been, you know, keen and, you know, just all around good welder, it does help. Um, And I think your reputation definitely stays with you, for mm. sure. Yeah,
0: that last time I have an arc, James, because I don't think I have an arc in probably just over a year now, I would say.
2: Believe it or not, i have done a bit of welding back about a month back, I think, for my father. But I haven't actually done a butt for probably, I want to say about 18 months. You a, know, bit a bit of welding was but... rough, <laughs> <laughs> Still got it, boy. Don't worry. <laughs> when
0: was, was the last time you were it? it must have been even longer.
1: Oh, God. Uh, I say, it's got to be coming up to five years now, nearly, I would say. It's got Has to it be been that
0: long, yeah.
1: It must be, yeah. Um, uh, I think so. I think well, they've been on here for two and a half years and then doing a bit of uh, quality inspections and NDT for skeletons for about well, 18 months to two years. So, yeah. Was you, or did or some of the rope, you did the
0: ropes for a while as well, the new How Robo was that? access
1: as well, yeah, rope access and NDT. Oh, God, it's got to be close to five years no? I would have thought. Look, it's I different. think
0: it's like if, back, if someone put you back in a bay for a day and you did a little bit of practice on a take, it definitely, yeah. you know, you'd pick it back up. But Do any of you miss welding at all, then? Because it's not something I've really missed so far.
1: Uh, I get the odd day, and I think, you know, especially when you're looking at really shit work, like, and you yeah. know you could do a better fucking job, even though you're not welded for five years. And yeah, then they yeah. think, oh, give me that thing set, I'll sort it out. But uh, I don't know, that, no, not really, I've never looked back.
0: Yeah, even when you're working in these places, like the steelworks and it's rough and it's dirty, you know, some of the older welders, some of the welders you meet are so good, you know, they just mm-hmm. have a lot of pride in their work, clean everything off, chip everything down. And then sometimes, you, you know, you, you look at this nuclear standard work, and it's not always made up to be, is it, you know? No. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. God, I mean, you know, how can I explain it? A, a weld can maybe not look the best, but the, the integrity of the weld is still good enough to pass the specs. So, yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's obviously a tough one. To, but, yeah, I get what you're saying. Once you're a welder and you know what a good weld looks like and you see some of the welds that maybe potentially you put down on some jobs, you, it does make you think sometimes. <laughs> I'm not Going Every to welder you know. should be
0: his own inspector anyway, you know. They yeah. should be they should in come when the work. When they offer something up to the inspection, they should be ready because I know myself something wrong, we messed up lots of wells all the time, but I would have tried to fix them before offering up to inspector, you know? When he's not looking at the grinder in there, clean it up, make it look neat, go over the cap or you know, whatever you do to make a well look alright. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, you gotta take pride in your work.
0: Say you was to give somebody a little bit of advice who was coming into the industry, what would that be? You know, take pride in your work or...
1: Always have a tin of paint in your bag.
0: Job. Yeah, that's one of these that come around a
1: lot.
2: a pod of
1: Take your time. Take a bit of pride yeah. in your work. At the end, like James said, your last world is what defines you. You're only as good as your last bud. Mm
0: thing is, it's a small think, game as well. You know, people talk and, you know, people always say, I worked with, with him here or I worked with this. Once you're game. in that circle and you start meeting people and networking, you know, as we said, LinkedIn's great for that, keeping up in touch with people. Then, you know, you, you see jobs coming up from wherever.
2: Yeah, and I, I think especially for the younger people that may be potentially coming into the game, I think if you're keen on you're willing to, you know, stick at it and keep your head down and just, you know, get on with your job or whatever and, and do the best you possibly can. You know, I think you know, progression wise, there's a lot of opportunities, isn't there, you know, and especially with all the stuff that's kicking off in the country at the moment with regards to like nuclear and, you know, big projects starting and there's probably gonna be a lot more to follow with it. I think now is is a perfect opportunity for youngsters to, you know, start an apprenticeship or whatever, whether that's in welding or fabricate or anything really, relief for our mother. to
0: ask you. Um, so a lot of the time now in the, in the companies, there's a lot about mental health and whatnot, because that's not something we often come across, but maybe towards the end of the time we were at Skelton's, remember when they used to give us time out breaks and you could go for a cup of tea, but that's sort of coming into the industry a lot now, isn't it? Uh,
1: mental health plays a big part, though. Uh, yeah, you've got to have that weight and work and, and life balance. You know, it's not good working 7-12s and affecting your mental health and having breakdowns and stuff like that.
0: It's as important as the physical health, really, isn't it? Because, you know, if you're not right and you're working away from home and you're working long hours, it can be so hard on times, can't it? Mm. Yeah, definitely,
1: yeah.
0: You Does really. yeah. your company offer a lot of things as well now? Because we have a lot of things on our online portal, and you know we have lots of links we can follow and lots of numbers we can call.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we get a lot. We got mental health buddies on site. You can just yeah. go up there and have a little chat with them in the office. Uh, we got Hinkley Health on site as well, um, which is like a, basically like a hospital to itself. Really, you can okay. go there and have a chat with people. There's phone lines to ring up. Yeah, it's, it's good the way they do it now, and it's, it's a good thing that get it's getting recognised now and not just like, oh, just get on with it sort of thing. Like
0: No, it is, and because you are... find that a lot of people would just kind of, instead of speaking up or talking, they would kind of use alcohol or whatever to cover that. People would come mm-hmm. in, and, and you know it's because a lot of the time, you know, with coping, America, it can be difficult, can't it?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so it's definitely... fine balance,
2: I think, isn't it? You know, it's, you know, it's a stressful job, and it's a physical job as well, whether that's welding or inspections or... I mean, you've just got to know your boundaries and, you know, you can't let like, yourself get things on top of you. You know, you've just got to try and sort of balance things out. And if you do need help, there's always someone there that will, uh, will help you. You
0: couldn't really speak about it. You know, if you'd gone in and said, my mental health's not good, I need a day off, you know, you would have been laughed at of the office. Whereas now people have to listen to debate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: There's definitely a lot yeah. more taken yeah. seriously these days, for sure.
0: No, and it's good because the amount of men that kind of suffer in silence and the amount of young men who kind of take their own lives and whatnot It is so important.
2: 100%, 100%. Even
0: though we all have a laugh and a joke on site, you know, it's kind of, but you know, it still is serious as well, isn't it?
2: Everybody's different, mate, and some people deal with things differently to other people, don't they? You know, so like, whereas maybe. You know, if I was feeling something, I'd come in and have a quick chat with you. Other people will hold yeah. it in and it'll get on top of them and it'll get too much. And, you know, unfortunately, but, you know, bad things happen that way, don't they? So it's, it's always good to have that option of being able to speak to someone on site or, you know, whatever if, if you need to. We're
0: going to be wrapping it up soon, but there's one thing I wanted to ask you. Um, Alex, I wanted you to give me one funny story that comes up
1: i tell you one that I just thought of and uh, I remember in our last place where we all went together when it was somebody's birthday and what did we do, to do on people's birthdays uh, <laughs> and I remember one time it was Christian's birthday
2: no, and I think no. I still
1: got a video of this I think Go I still a got a video of this when, when you were sat there having a little breakfast Chris and up comes the pipe
0: from <laughs> yeah, through the window. Bye. <laughs> I was smelling the cheese all day there. I think, oh, I was just disgusting. And it was all over me. Even after but I discovered it, really I could still don't... smell it.
1: You <laughs> was a crack, hello. You, know? you dared to tell any of the boys it was your birthday, like. Oh no, <laughs> you know, that was kind of cheese
0: all over <laughs> That went on for a few years, after, didn't it? But, uh, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. I actually forgot a about that,
0: but. Like a... <laughs> what about you, James? Anything that anything you can think of off the top of your head? No, I can't. I
2: can't think of anything off the top of my head. I can give you along, when when I was.
0: When I was thinking what? about it earlier, right, I don't know if you, obviously you can both remember Bampa or Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: Josh.
0: So I'd only been here for about three weeks and he was always funny. He does such a laugh with him. Well, at the time, we used to get a text message to, with our wages from whoever oh, we were working him. with. Oh. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I was still, I I was still young. I was still young and green and um, he was complaining about his wage from the week before. So I said to one of the boys, give me his number and I'll text him. So I can't remember exact figures, but I texted him something like, Your top line is 1,200 and your take home is 400. Oh my God, you're absolutely nuts. <laughs> he hit the wall, he started shouting and screaming and we were all sitting outside in out and he started banging, I said I'm going up, I'm going to see him, I'm done, I'm never working here ever again and I was going to let him go but one of the boys went and chased him and grabbed him just before he went into the office because he was just about <laughs> to go in both battles and, and tell everyone he was finishing but oh, we laughed about that for ages afterwards mm-hmm. and uh, he's always a good crack Josh as well, wasn't he? He is a too. legend in the game uh, yeah, but, yeah and so is there anything you can think of, James? Or if not, we'll probably go
2: on oh, I don't know, to be honest, off the top, man. I, I don't know. I, I got so, so many stories, it's like difficult you to clean. You were always
0: the one with the fart spray, James. When it might be well, then, oh, and all the stuff, it's just good, really.
2: I'll never, remember, uh, I'll never forget those bloody sweets you bought, remember?
0: Oh, yeah. the, uh, the, the arse
2: flavoured, yeah. cheese flavoured, and when I gave them out to all the engineers. They were giving
0: them to the scaffolders and whatever, and mean, you thought they <laughs> were going to fill them in at one point.
2: Hey,
1: what about when we used to mess about the Roy Williams? And no. we put engineers blue on his adat, and he went into Tata Steel for a meeting. Come out he's looking like a smurf, man.
0: <laughs> he's threatening to sack everyone, wasn't he? <laughs>
1: Was he there when we put the bunting under his uh, under his no, van? That was
0: before my time, I think.
1: And he was on the motorway. You come in in the morning. He said, "Right, oh now, who put the bunting under my van? It was 40 meters or five fifty meters of bunting <laughs> on the air floor. The police pulled me over. And I'm going to sack someone. Uh, <laughs> no, we had some good good uh, good laughs when we was on no, the motorway. And to be honest you're going to get a better laugh than
0: what we did with the with the boys at skeleton thomas like look i think that's how they kept everyone there for so long you know obviously the money was okay but we i really enjoyed working in i've never quite had a job yeah. as fun as that since i left you know no matter where i've been has been no, a okay, but... yeah well thank you very much guys for sharing your stories it's been it's been good to catch up as well it's been quite a while since i've seen both of I'm you sure. but um yeah, thank you very much for coming on and yeah, I'm gonna try and do a guys. few more try and do a few more episodes and I'm gonna try and get a few varied guests on. So I've been speaking to a few people on LinkedIn and, and have a few more booked in over the next couple of weeks and then hopefully gonna start releasing them week by week then. Yeah, no problem, Chris. It's
1: been uh, yeah, yeah, good fun. It's been good Absolute forward, pleasure as advice. always,
0: lads. Have a good one and I'll catch up with you soon, all right? Yeah,
1: Chris. Yeah, right.
2: right. yeah, nice right. right. yeah, well, lads. So,